or bookable. And now, here's the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. This is Rick Roberts. And as usual, I've got Gavin <laughs> Miller in the headquarters with me. How's it going there, sir? It's going good. Gavin uh, just told me a second ago that he's bought his own mic, yes. mic stand, and a cord, so yeah. he just needs a place to allow him to take it in there. <laughs> he's got his ball he wants right. to play. Yeah, right now I'm just in my living room, wandering around, like talking to my dogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, it, it sounded like a good deal at Guitar Center, if you yeah. want to check that out. It was like 109 bucks. Yeah, for SM58, a cable, and a stand. All so. right, so they're not sponsors, but we, I thought I'd pass it no, along with you. a little deal. Yeah, it's good, Gavin. Gavin's out there getting the tools of the trade. Yeah. Uh, our tools of the podcast and trade definitely <laughs> piggyback on the reviews on iTunes. And this yes. time, we're going across the pond to the UK <laughs> for a nice review from Tony Winyard. Tony says, superb information, especially for those of us in the shallow end of the comedy pool. Lots of tips for writing material, delivering it on stage, finding gigs, the business side of things, setting goals, and many other Jeez. really useful tidbits for the aspiring comedian comedy writer or pro speaker nice nice five-star review there from tony back like on january him. 19th yeah. thank you buddy uh appreciate you listening and and giving us that nice review please if you haven't jumped on and given us a review uh we've almost run out so <laughs> we always like to rewind at the beginning and we're uh so we were reading two at a time there for a while so we've yeah. burned through more than we have uh, by the time you hear this we we should have we need to have more than 47. So here's what I want you to do. Yeah. Look at your player. If we only have 47, jump on and leave us one, and we'll get to it in the next round of recordings. But we want to keep that going. Our goal for the yeah. year is 100. Yes. And uh, we're a little behind the eight ball <laughs> right now, but we're getting there. Thanks, Tony, again. Uh, one other thing that I haven't really mentioned on the podcast, uh, and, and not everybody checks the show notes, but a uh, nice little addition you can get from listening to the podcast are the insider tip sheets that come out twice a month. Yeah. Uh, this is an email I only send to people who request it. It's not on my overall list, so you just have to send us an email at schooloflast at gmail.com and say, sign me up for the insider tip sheet. And what you get in the tip sheet twice a month, usually the 1st and the 15th of every month, I'll give you a recap of the top news stories involving comics, comedians, comedy shows, festivals over the past 15 days, as well as links to some different YouTube videos that have come out from our favorites like Louis C.K. and, and yeah. all those guys. You'll also get once a month a comedy challenge <laughs> to, uh, you know, if you're just sitting there and things are going fine but you haven't done anything different for a while, pop, <laughs> a new comedy challenge every month, and they're all doable. They can all be done within a month, and that helps you get your career on track as well. So cool. uh, definitely jump in and just ask for the insider tip sheet, and we'll send that out to you. Uh, everybody that's involved with it now seems to like it a lot and we're always adding stuff to it yeah cool so that's the back side of yeah. things uh the topic today what do we got well it's it's february 14th weekend what do you think we're talking about <laughs> our favorite valentine's oh, foods oh yes no uh although we could go on yeah. for at least a minute on that uh, those cinnamon hot things that I used to have when i was a kid those oh, cinnamon hearts no. you like those <laughs> no. god they were great now our topic today is about love but it's the reasons, and I've got at least eight or nine here, reasons I really love stand-up comedy above and beyond all the other art forms out there. That's big. It's big. That's I mean, a big one. And I, I'm a little bit of a singer, a little bit of a songwriter. Uh, I like all art forms. I used yeah. to paint a little bit. There was great things to that. But there are some really unique things about stand-up in particular that really set it apart from all the other art forms out there. Right. So, are you ready to have some fun here, I'm, Gavin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and feel free to chime in and tell me some reasons you, you yeah, like it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, our, our first one, and this is, I think, important, it's just like the podcast, it's a low barrier of entry. 
You can listen to a podcast for free as long as you have your phone already or access to a computer. Right. Stand up, you really, even though you've bought your microphone cord and stand, <laughs> you could tell jokes yeah. without that. Right. Yeah, 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 sure. You could write jokes or think of jokes with sure. no expense at all. Yeah. Twitter. I've been doing Twitter stuff. Twitter but. is a great way to find out how many people don't like your material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. you know, all you got to do is watch their ads while they make money. Yeah. But really, there's... a I mean, when I first started out, daggone, right out of college, basically, um, was covering my rent and stuff with my day job that I had for a short time. But when I went full time, it was only like nine months after I got out of college, so I didn't have a lot of income coming in. And I was still able to make it. Now, those were definitely ramen noodle days. (laughs) Those were three roommates and I live in the attic kind of days. Yeah, yeah. But the barrier to entry was really low. You know, if you're a musician, you've got to buy the instrument, Maybe, maybe take some lessons, maybe not. If you're a singer, that's a pretty low barrier of entry, but you're performing other people's songs usually. Yeah. So if that, you're composing your own, maybe. And it's more complicated, too. It's a little more complicated. You know, you got to show up with instruments, you got to show up, you know, or with tracks or with something like that, you know. Oh, yeah. So mute. instead of just walking onto a stage with a microphone, I would say don't do stand up without a microphone, but because you're going to, you know, you're going to be fighting the audience, but yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, comics don't necessarily have to carry a tune, but we have to deliver our jokes with a rhythm and all that right, kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you might want to be a singer, <laughs> but to ever get money from it. I need to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess there's karaoke nights and stuff that you can win a contest with with somebody else's songs. But I don't know if there's too many singing competitions like there are comedy stages out there. No, you kind of need to do your own. I mean, to do your own thing is really the only way to make money at it. I mean, there's it's tough. Unless you're going to go be like a cover wedding band or something. When they cash in, brother. Yes, they do. <laughs> when I got married, it was like, hey, we want a, yeah, we want a live band. It was like, uh, the, the amount that they charged, it was like they were charging me for every minute of music school that they had ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> there's a great band here in Nashville, Rubik's Groove. Have you ever yeah, heard of them? I have. I have. Big yeah. killer cover band. Yeah. But anyway, unlike all those musicians, you know, uh, now if you're an artist, you got to get the paintbrush, you got to get your paint. Canvas. Canvas. Canvas and the stretchers, man. That's where I spent some serious cash. Yeah. It's like 80 bucks, 100 bucks for the stretchers. It, it can be. But have what, you, I did not. <laughs> here's the funny thing. I tried to stretch my own canvas one time. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know. If, if people don't know what that is, there, there's a, like a wooden frame, and then you take raw canvas and you stretch it over the frame, and then you nail it to the frame, and that's what you paint on. Um, except there's a tool that helps you grab this canvas and pull it over the edge. <laughs> and the first time I tried to do it, I did not know there was that tool. And so I was grabbing it with like my knuckles and stuff oh, and trying man. to pull yeah, it yeah. over. And I shredded my hands. I mean, it was bloody. And the I, canvas is like sandpaper, bro. It's awful. I had little that I know, but I went into this sweet old lady in my art class and I was like, yeah, this is really messed up in my hands. How do you do that? She said, oh, I have this little tool right here. It's called a canvas grabber. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you, I used to spend a lot. Now, when I was really, I was truly was a starving artist there for a while. I uh, And I was still painting. I had some paintings up in the galleries in Columbus there for a little yeah, while cool. when I first got out. Um, but I would go to the Goodwill and, and get the stretchers, you know, the, the, the wooden parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From an old painting, rip oh, yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take and sometimes out. if the painting didn't have too much uh, texture to it, if right. it was flat, I just, just paint right over it. Yeah, yeah, put two or three coats underneath it and go over it and do the old Bob Ross thing. <laughs> Welcome to the painting podcast. <laughs> right. So, all kinds of different arts forms out there. Yeah. But comedy, pretty low. And you can kind of get a feel for if you're decent at being funny just around your buddies. Real quick, yeah. Whereas if you start singing, 
Mm. People, whenever I see people tell me to shut up, <laughs> or they'll say, "Quit hollering out of tune." Yeah, yeah. So uh, I like the low barrier of entry, which uh, you know, which also means that comedy can be uh, accessible to everyone, and there is an audience for everyone. Yeah. I mean, if you think about comedy and the variety, you know, people talk about tropes all the, all the time. Like, there's certain types of comedy yeah. that has come ever since Shakespeare kind of pigeonholed these different types that reoccur and stuff but there's a ton of different comics out there right sure a lot of different voices uh everywhere from emo phillips <laughs> to where you know smart clever not for everybody right yeah yeah to cable guy who's uh, for a majority of the guys easy yeah. to listen to but still not for everybody sure you got smart and clean guys yeah like brian regan and and guys like that i mean there's no matter what you've got there's something if you're good at it somebody's gonna yeah there's an audience for it yeah there should be you know if you can get the word out course marketing comes into play and all that stuff but if you develop your voice there's gonna be people that either identify with you yeah or they're watching you in fascination because they have no idea where you're coming from yeah <laughs> so it's like a win-win yeah. Uh, yeah what kills you is being medium in the middle and trying to appeal to everybody trying to appeal to everyone yeah and, I, and and trying to switch it for every crowd and i've got to switch right. to make it happy you know this crowd happy and then i've got to clean it up to do this you need to be yourself 150 percent. yeah and you will attract people yeah but it's it's really totally wide open and it really is i mean considered like a high barrier of entry would be like maybe you have to purchase two drinks at an open mic or maybe there's like a five dollar you know buy-in or something like that yeah I mean, that's yeah. it that's it so yeah. you could start like today somewhere yeah no doubt i mean you could steal some hubcaps in the parking lot some somebody else yeah. you get your five or ten bucks right there you wake up early yeah. in the morning take all the newspapers off your neighbor's driveway yeah go yeah stand well, on the corner just go sell steal them. just go steal because it's fun <laughs> because you're contributing for the good of the entire society right yeah <laughs> but it's definitely a low low entry and and something for everybody uh i mean there's even there's so many niches within comedy yeah you know i, I do some speaking stuff too and there are people that only do comedy for computer conventions wow uh greg schwim is a guy that comes to mind you know Jeez. he does a lot of, of technology stuff and he kind of niches himself down into Gosh. that group and he becomes the go-to guy the, the guy yeah you know what i mean there are people I know that only speak, well, especially in the speaker's realm, that only speak to a certain niche. Yeah. And they have humor that they've created just for that. Yeah, sure. Um, I've got a current student who speaks on generations. Which, Gener- yeah, like uh, from the millennials oh, oh, to the okay, okay. baby right. boomers. about those generations. Yeah, 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 and she's super smart about it. And since she's speaking to them, she's also writing humor right. specifically for, for them. That. Yeah, gotcha. And what's that going to do? It's going to make her the go-to gal yeah. for all these different Gosh. groups. You know, and I was just... My head exploded looking at all the different X, Y, Generation G. You know, it's like millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's like sub niches of those. <laughs> I, it's too much for me to yeah. follow along. But you, no matter what you're into, you know, when I, when I first started, I lived with two comedians. Uh, one of them was a movie buff, and uh-huh. he ran the local art movie theater there. And I mean, he still probably got co- original copies of these movies, some of these <laughs> things in his basement. But he was so into movies and knew. I mean, he could tell you who the grip was. Sure. On yeah. the third Godfather movie, yeah. you know, it's crazy stuff. Gosh. And when he moved out to L.A., uh, this was a while back, but he was uh, an expert on a show called Beat the Geeks. I don't okay. know if you remember that. It was on MTV. I, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I they'd have like, either that. a sports geek or a music geek or right. a film geek, and he was the resident geek. film geek <laughs> because he had, he had really focused on something. But he found his audience when, right. he, when he appeared on that show. So there's something for everybody, and, and you can find your – if you spend enough time at it, you'll find an audience for yeah. yourself. And if not, you don't have to do comedy. You can get out of it. 
<laughs> low barrier of exit. If not, give up. Low barrier of exit. Yeah. Unlike a musician who has to go pawn off your guitars. Right. Yeah. 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 You'll pawn off your Sure SM58. Yeah. I'll take just... it back to Guitar Center, perhaps. <laughs> but there's not a lot of in or out expense of it. Yeah. So I think that's ideal. You know, for if you're trying out something, what are you gonna? You can't go wrong, right? No. Yeah. The other couple things that I think is really awesome. There's really no discrimination in comedy. Because okay. funny is it, funny. Maybe that could be my niche. Maybe I could bring in like discrimination. I could well, bring that back. There, there are people that are <laughs> are good at that. There are people that are good at alienating a lot oh, of the audience. Oh God. <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't matter what race you are, right? Uh, what your beliefs are, yeah. what your um, romantic interests are, whatever. There's no discrimination. If if you are funny, it trumps everything. It trumps everything. It's like a merit. Oh, there's a word for it. Is it merit? A merit badge? Meritocracy? Meritocracy? Metroc- Me- mediocracy? <laughs> yeah. <I don't laughs> That's definitely what I've hit. <laughs> I've mediocrity. hit that. Yeah. Um, no, but it's like a merit-based system, you know, like sort of like sports where, you know. Exactly. It, it, it's If you're good, you're on the team, you right. know, and if you're funny, you will be on the show. <laughs> You'll get on the show and people will want you on the show and then you get the attention of the decision makers ultimately yeah. And and funny and talent is undeniable. Yeah. So you're going to find a spot for yourself. And anybody that tries to keep you off stage, uh, you can sue them. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Really. I mean, it's, yeah, if, I if, love... it, if it says open mic and they, they said you can't come up here yeah. because you're this, well, then that's wrong. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's not discriminatory. And, <coughs> you know, I was thinking about all the people I've worked with over the years, comedy is actually handicap accessible. Yeah. I know several. I mean, there's all kinds Extremely of. Extremely so, you know. There's <laughs> three or four name comedians that you know that have cerebral palsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Josh Blue. Yeah. Uh, Chris Fonseca. There was, um, the, the what's her name? She was on Facts of Life. Jerry. Oh, I'm blanking out on her name right now. Um, Will Mafori. Yeah. Is another guy I worked with. And so that didn't stop him from anything. No. I know plenty of comics in wheelchairs. Yeah. I know plenty of comics. I've worked with two or three that were blind. <laughs> uh, we had a guy in Columbus, that uh, Troy Hammond, I used to work with. And uh, I was fascinated watching him work right. because he had a, he had, he'd had he have to have a system. Yeah. And so we're driving to a gig. It was in Cincinnati at the – there was a club in Cincinnati owned by a guy who was, the, who was for a time the host of – I think he was host of Wheel of Fortune between Chuck whoever and Pat Sajak. Okay. There was a little – no, it was, it was um, Family Feud. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So this guy was a comic, too. There's been a lot of hosts of Family Feud Yeah, now. Family Feud, yeah. But um, so this guy had a club downtown Cincinnati, and Troy needed a ride. So I took him, and, I, you know, we're going to drive down from Columbus, drive back. And on the way down there, I'm like, uh, you know, is there anything I can help you with in particular? And he's like, just um, when he pays me – could just look at the dollars and make sure that he's telling me what he's right. You know, he's not trying to stiff me. Sure, because sure. it had happened before. I'm sure, yeah. And uh, God, that's a horrible person. If they they're stiffing somebody who's blind, that's awful. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. And I, so I, I double checked, and then then what Troy did is he had a system for because all the bills felt the same. Yeah, sure. So he said, "Are these the 50s?" I'm like, "Yeah." But the women they come with feel differently. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, he, I can't help it. <laughs> you'll get a laugh. You'll get a laugh out of me eventually. Somewhere, but he would take the fifties, fold them, and put it in his front right pocket. Hundreds in the front left. Twenties oh, yeah. okay. in the back right. Ten, you know, so he had a so system. So he knew what to do. So if he went and got a drink after the show or something, he, he yeah, wasn't yeah, giving yeah. somebody a fifty and getting ripped yeah. off when it should have been a ten. So, uh, 
But all kinds of comics are, are out there. And if you're funny, once again, that trumps everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And clubs, all clubs now are handicap accessible. I think when I first started, we had to kind of help some people around a little right, bit. Right, right. Uh, but that's definitely been taken care of for you. Um, other thing I really like about comedy is age is not an issue or a barrier. That's good. Because I've been, I'm 30 Six, seven, seven? I, c- I can't remember. Well, it, I was bo- it gets a little hazy. I was born in 78. What is that? You're 38. I don't think I'm that old. You will be this year. Will I? When's your birthday? Late in the year? <sighs> this is all going downhill, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're 37 <laughs> yeah. now, I'll be 38 later. Well, yeah, I think so. I don't care. But what, what, I'm, what I was concerned about is I hear people saying that like you have to spend so many years getting into it. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be 60 when I finally hit my stride? Probably for you. It might be 65. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a long stride. Well, it's, I, I, here's the thing I, I totally believe. It's not so much the age. It's how much time you put in it at any age. Right, okay. You know, I probably wasted more time early than I should have, but I had more time to waste. Right. So, yeah, if you're older, you might need to be focused a little bit more. Okay. And you've probably learned how to do that by now, and you've probably learned yeah. to prioritize your, your Right, report. I've learned how to do stuff better. Right. The other thing is I feel like when I when I look back, because it, what was really weird is that, like, ever since I was really young, I've thought about doing stand-up. Um, and... But I don't think when I was like 20, I don't think anyone would have even listened to me. I don't think anything would have been funny because I think, I don't know, I look too young and it would have been stupid. Like, I feel like now maybe people will start to listen. You know, I don't know. Well, Right before the grave. Like, right before I go into the grave. (laughs) You should have more to say. Yeah. You should be more eloquent at saying it. Yeah. You should be more aware of what doesn't work and moving on without feeling like you, you, that bit has to stay there. Okay. I think some of those things will come into play. And you'll always have the thing, and I feel it even at 46, that if I'm in front of older audiences, mm-hmm. there is a certain amount of that, I think Dave Ramsey calls it the powdered butt syndrome, <laughs> where you don't want anybody that was young enough for you to have changed their diaper yeah. telling you anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I notice that when I'm speaking a little bit more than when I'm doing stand-up. Okay. All right. You know, if I'm speaking, I'm telling people that are 80 about goal setting you know, yeah. it's just like what is this think, kid talking about yeah i think there's also like an energy to the to the person you know regardless of the age but i don't know that's just something that's been in my head for a while the age thing well it, it'll it'll never it gets worse every year i'll Does, just tell you oh that. good this You're is good way more aware of it every year <laughs> yeah and sometimes you'll just Sometimes I'll see a crowd walking in, and I'll just I'll just tell myself this isn't going to work. Yeah, and it does yeah. most right. of the time. But there's times where I'm like, these these are young people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't do colleges right. specifically so because I don't a want fear. Yeah. I'm just not. I can communicate with them, but the topics don't relate. Yeah. And so instead of trying to write for everybody, right, 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 narrow it down to my kind of group. But I I don't think it's ever too late to get into it. It's just you have to focus on what you're doing. What you're doing. And I mean, heck. It's never too late to do anything. I mean, right. all, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. examples of yeah. like Colonel Sanders didn't start till he was like fifty or sixty yeah. or something, you know. Um, and we just found out yesterday that Harper Lee, who yes. wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, is releasing a, another book a that sequel. she wrote at the same time yeah. that she thought was lost. Oh wow! Yeah, so like she she hasn't been working on this for fifty five years. Okay, <laughs> it was attached to the original manuscript. Oh man! And locked away, and she thought it was lost, and I guess for some reason never wanted to try to write it again from scratch. And too they much, pulled it too out. Too much. Too, yeah. yeah. And it was Gosh. finished. Oh, so, wow. So, you know, she's... Uh, 
in her late 70s, I, I would guess. I'd love to have been in that meeting. By the way, I have this other manuscript that... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, done? Yeah. And so... No, I know what you mean. My granddad was... Uh, he lived to be 100, but when he was 95, he talked to my dad about starting an ice cream shop because he thought women would come in. And <laughs> <laughs> that was basically the reason he was like, you know, they come in on a hot day, you know, they're looking cute. And my dad said, I'm not starting... My dad said to my granddad, I'm not starting an ice cream shop with you because you'll you'll pull two scoops out, a woman will walk in, you'll keel over dead. And he's like, and then I'll be stuck with an ice cream right. shop. <laughs> what you need, great grandpa, is a dating service. But yeah, but he but that it does show you that like you can have those ideas and he had the energy and he had the the thing and he wanted to start it. And so and and I do see older comics out there, so I know that it's not necessarily how old you are. You, uh, like you said, I guess you just need to get to it. Like, yeah. just start and go. Yeah, and I think the key, too, is not not being old on stage. Right, yeah. Which I've done a few times where I just felt, you know, I st- <laughs> I, I felt I'm old. I was being old. <laughs> but, you know, my topics sometimes can get a little bit too too old. Yeah. And so, you know, part of this new hour is finding stuff that resonates with right. much younger audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, including the one that I already have. So that's, that's part of it. I think uh, the other good thing about being older, I mean, obviously right now, and I learned this from doing a little bit of research on the different generations and yeah. stuff, uh, but it's obvious to everybody that the baby boom boomers are the biggest chunk of people in the world. Yes. Uh, in, in America, exactly, especially. So if you're performing for them, you've got a big group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they die off. But <laughs> for a while, you've got tons of demand. Right. And... I don't know what you know. How and many sort, comics are in that age group to, to, that can go out there and run? I mean, there's there's guys like Tom Dreesen and guys that are yeah. built for that still, but there still should be some new blood in there. Yeah, so well, for there's, sure. There's plenty of opportunities for for all ages. Now, the only downside on the age is too young, but you know if you can't get into a club to work, but there's other places to work. Yeah, you know we've talked before about um, my buddy John Christman in Lexington, Kentucky. He's, oh, yeah, he yeah, runs yeah. an open mic for kids. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's monthly or bi-monthly at a bookstore. Yeah, so. There's still opportunities. Yeah. I'm nervous about that one because it's like, you know, here I am, and then they're just starting, and they're so young, and they just can do it so well. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Here's the thing is it's also the kids will push the envelope Yeah, incredible, incredibly that, that yeah. you wouldn't even expect. Like I talked to a lady in, named Julie up in Rochester, and she runs improv workshops for kids, and she does a stand-up workshop for yeah. them too. And I said, you know, have you ever had to help them with their material? How does that process work out? And she goes, well, we just had to tell this one kid not to do a couple of jokes. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what was the jokes about? She goes, it's about doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, God. She goes, no. It was, you know, she, the kid Who was, needs nap time? <laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> the kid was ripping off somebody that he'd seen on TV. Oh, my God. It turns out. But he I was, love that. She's like, it's not going to be Jeez. believable and authentic yeah and uh you know right. when you've been up for 47 hours and yeah those kids have the most <laughs> energy yeah so yeah age on the front Jeez. end or back end yeah there is a glut of people in the middle so you got to be yeah. funnier than everybody else in the middle but uh, age doesn't hold anybody back yeah that, that is a good part other thing i really like instant feedback whether i like the feedback or not yeah i mean actors talk about it all the time actors that go on saturday night live are just like for the first time yes freaked out because they're in front of a, a small live audience but a live televised audience yeah uh people that do theater have that that nice interaction as well but not all artists have that right yeah you think no. about a lot of the painters they didn't 
they weren't celebrated until long after they were dead. Dead, yeah. You know, the paintings didn't escalate to the millions until <laughs> decades and sometimes centuries later. Yeah, and even even music doesn't really work that way. You don't get, I mean, you get a little bit of a feedback, but not in the same way. It's not a yes or no feedback. Like comedy is definitely like you throw the joke out there. If there's no laugh. It didn't happen. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, but- a song, like, somebody will give you a polite clap and, you know, oh, good, you didn't screw it up. Right. Or, eh, that's fine. Here, don't kill yourself tonight. Like, that kind of thing. But comedy is, like, not that way. And and it's, like, judged every 15 seconds. Oh, at least. And, and in your own mind, you're, you're seeing all the stuff go on at, like, I don't know, like that Matrix speed mm-hmm. thing. Like you see, you know, you see every single person either laughing or not laughing, and you, you know. Oh, and you focus on the dude that's not laughing. Of course, of course. But yeah, it's true. Like you know, I think about, I wonder about session musicians. You know, they're in a studio. That's the worst. I've done that, and it's to me terrible because like you're just playing to some fat fingered guy behind a desk. And like, Why is he gotta be fat fingered? I feel like he is. He I feel it, like he's a little sweaty. Isn't he behind a, little, a console? <laughs> yeah. Like, Have yeah. you really been a studio musician? Yeah. Well, he's the desk, the console desk. That is yeah, what the yeah. whole thing is. But, but the, uh, but there is no feedback. They just go like, uh, it sounded good. Like right. they hit the button. Oh, that sounded good, or not, or whatever. And then later, I guess you hear people enjoy your song. Yeah. It's, but, to me, that's always been weird. Like I'm, I'm not nearly. I couldn't even. I can't. I don't it's, even lay down the tracks on my own songs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's that would be kind of tough. I mean, you would hear the end product. But you don't even sometimes hear the other musicians playing That's the, the same thing. song. Yeah, you or just the same go in. Day. All you're hearing this like beep beep click beep, track beep beep beep, and and you're playing your beat, and then they just go okay, thank G- you, got it, got it, yeah, and yeah. then it's like all right, cool, yeah, I you know it's it's bizarre to me, you know. Uh, act, act, film actors that that to me would be just crazy. Months like, and years. Yeah, you sometimes. might go a year and a half, two years yeah. from the time you put down your role and on film to when you see yeah. it on the screen. And man, if if you, you know, <laughs> every every actor's had the one where you're like, I hope they never release it. But you also have those yeah. where you can't wait, right, to yeah. see what the reaction is. So, yeah, I like the instant feedback and the, and the best audience doesn't necessarily mean to me that they laugh at everything. It's an honest audience. Yeah, yeah. Were you you mean? Where you feel like you're having a conversation or well, honest? I, I, how? Here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes you'll do a joke uh-huh. that you know isn't that good. Right. And the audience might laugh more than they should. Uh-huh. And then I don't trust that audience the rest of the show. <laughs> I don't trust anything they laugh at because I know oh, yeah. that that joke was you either accept it. cheesy or gimmicky or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I don't, this isn't honest. You know, they gave a laugh where it really shouldn't have been a laugh. Right. But. A tough crowd is only going to laugh at the good stuff. Right, right, right. So if you're trying out maybe 10 minutes of material and they only laugh at five of it, thank you, because now I know which five to, to really... the best. Yeah. yeah. If they don't laugh at any of it, you got to ditch it all or tweak it all. Yeah. But if they're laughing at the wrong stuff, it bothers me. Yeah. I can so, see that. I can see that. I can see that. I, I, I get angered when I'm doing like music stuff and I do something that's... Uh, I have to do something in the song that's like cheesy to me, and then I see people like really enjoying that and mm-hmm. I'm like please what, kill, is, what hate, is a drummer cheesy move you. like a spin of the it's, sticks or throwing them behind your back it or? is it, and yeah and then just um, there'll be uh, so like songs have verses and choruses and then usually in the bridge they'll do like a, in a rock song and they'll do the breakdown you know and if the breakdown is that like gung gung ka 
gong, gong, ga, yeah. like that kind of thing in a song. It's like you do that, and all of a sudden the audience is like, oh, God, I love this part. And it's like, okay, now I hate you. Right. I hate you. Because a two-year-old could do that. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. And it's and they're like, he's, he's so good. Oh, my gosh, that drummer is so good. And then I just flip out. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? And then I just, I want to give it all up. And then. <laughs> and so was that. Dung, dung, it's, dung, was that We Will Rock You or Beverly Hills? No, it, yeah. Beverly <laughs> yeah. Hills. No, it's the, that's the problem is it's in everything. Right. Even People don't even recognize it as that, but it's in everything. Uh, it's like the cheesy jokes. I have to bring it back to comedy. It's like the cheesy jokes because then you're right. You kind of look at them like, oh, really? You like that? Right. You like that? You jerk? Get, and, get out of here. <laughs> and let me, I meant to bring this up the other week. We were talking about drum stuff, and, and then we'll, we'll finish out of there. <laughs> but I like to take a little side road here. Yeah. When I first moved to Nashville, a buddy of mine uh, was doing some recording and stuff, and he was amazed at the terms they had for different drum licks and fills. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there, and if you've never heard of it, be honest. I just yeah, no, know. no, no. I, but he said... Uh, at the end of the song, they said, give me a Pat Boone, Debbie Boone bucket of fish. Yep. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Yes, yes, yes. So it goes, uh, there's Pat Boone, Debbie De- Boone bucket of fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a huge long list of them because people don't know how to communicate mm-hmm. the right sound. And so I know exactly when you say Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, I know exactly which drums that is, which is crazy. because it, But it speaks... <laughs> That's the drummer language. That's the, okay, I That's just wanted the, to make sure he wasn't. No, no, no. There's like, there's like a. Oh, I, I just wish I could think. There's boots in a dryer. There's um. There's a bunch of different ones that are that are all like uh, frenetically sort of sounding. Is there know? a fish, 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 fish? <laughs> That's for the end of the song. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. So uh, the instant oh, feedback Lord. is awesome. The painting podcast, the drum podcast. Well, <laughs> we're talking about art today. Yeah. Um, a skill that transfers. That's what I like about comedy. It's a skill. Say you spent five years pursuing stand-up comedy and you didn't get to the point you wanted and you thought, I'll just cut, cut yeah. bait and, yeah. and go on. You developed a skill during oh that Lord. five years that transfers to coaching, teaching, managing, having a mentoring, conversation. having a conversation, communication with your spouse, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Gavin, we're working on you, buddy. <laughs> All those things, oh God. it's a great skill to have. Knowing how to concisely formulate an idea, yeah, that's only going to help you. Holy cow, yes. Able I mean, to tag an idea and add you know, additional thoughts after you've got somebody hooked into the original premise of your yeah. thought. How to think outside of the box, how to be, uh, what do you call it, self-deprecating? Uh, no. I self-aware? Thinking, yeah, yeah, self-aware and, and being able to step back and look at your situation and look at other situations. It's... It's unbelievable. The conversation thing, I can't say enough about being able to have a good conversation. That skill, I don't know if it was like in olden England days or something when they developed like the conversational skill set and you you actually practice having conversations and got good at them. That skill doesn't exist anymore. It's gone, man. It's People, gone. It's awful. And it's, this is one of those things where you learn how to sort of do that and stay interesting and and formulate a thought and and engage the other person that's so valuable if, you, if you're in a job so. interview you know how to do it it's it's incredible and it's it's i don't know if it's the texting emailing I, short voicemail messaging kind of world we live in but i don't know people will always gravitate towards somebody who can speak eloquently 
yeah who can deliver on a topic can speak on demand yes you know being able to be on with the flip of a switch yeah when that clock hits eight o'clock to yep. nine thirty or whatever it is that's a skill so it, if you only spend a few years in comedy what you would walk away with would be great i mean if you're oh a salesperson gosh. yeah customer service human resources yeah when somebody says uh um hey, we just need somebody to intro and outro the whole company picnic in front of a 1,000 people, and you're like, I can do that. No, no big deal. Right. I got it. And there's only it's maybe like, a handful of people cow. in every company that will do that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a limited group. Yeah. For one, it's the biggest fear out there. It is. And then if you've conquered that fear in a certain way and or at least know how to control it, you're super valuable when they know how to, you know, when they know how to use you. That's right. The, <laughs> and if they fire you, you're very eloquent at putting them in their in their place. Yeah. <laughs> and you can communicate that yeah. to everybody's still there. <laughs> so they don't want to get rid of you because yeah. uh, you're so a the, mouthpiece, buddy. Jerry Maguire style email <laughs> that's out. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. That was a horrible movie. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, one thing I really like <coughs> that I was, I guess I was aware of it on the front end, but I really, really embrace it and enjoy it now is it's a skill that can raise awareness raise money yes raise focus on different issues and help people in a time when they don't expect a lot of help right and you can do it in a way that helps them forget about their problem for a little while yeah and every i mean every disaster we've had in the past what 20 years there's been a comedy benefit special right hbo's been good at doing that comedy central's been doing in england they have a red nose day isn't it uh where they do all the comic stuff comic relief stuff over there okay um it's I need huge. to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, I've yeah, seen pictures. I'm like, what's going on over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Did a new McDonald's open up? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's crazy, and it's a and it's awesome. I mean, it is really awesome. But everybody in the whole country just focuses on that stuff, for, right? You know, for that time, and it's 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 great. But that 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 stuff resonates with me hugely, and and I, and I guess helping people help uh, sort of a mix of helping people and sort of the the truth thing i like that stuff i really like that stuff where you get to help people you get to kind of guide people's thoughts um because i feel like a lot of comedians sort of guided my thoughts a little bit and so i like that stuff yeah it's it's it once again it's one of the only things that can do that i think so i mean bands can get together and put on a show and you can kind of rock out you know and forget things but yeah a comic can actually well i won't say that bands can't do this because you know, like Bruce Springsteen with the Rising, addressed yeah. uh, the terrorist attacks. Right. Um, Dave Grohl has written a couple of great songs. Yeah. Post attacks to kind of get that out of the system and say, yeah. well, you know, we're not backing down. <laughs> but comics can kind of get into it a little bit deeper, deeper, and uh, and work through it. Yeah. You know, and work through the problems and just a, and acknowledge something that happened. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, people are like, don't well, even mention this, don't even say nothing about that, and you're like. That's why we're here is to raise money for this cause. Let's talk about it a little no, bit. No, it was crazy. Um, I mean, I hope I can talk about this, but you had a former student like um, that had cancer, and when she came up and did her stuff, it's it's like that's so amazing that she can bring that stuff up and talk about that, and that's like, I don't know. how. What other art form can you like see the person and hear what they're saying about what's going on and like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, purest form of art that there is, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was Cheryl Jackson. And she she had taken the classes. Uh, she had breast cancer, had beat it, then got pneumonia yeah. and complications from that. But in between there, after she beat the cancer, she'd put together a 40-minute show. Yeah. 
and it was really, really good. I mean, really good and some, <laughs> yeah. some really honest, insightful stuff, but yeah. she wasn't going to let that stop her. Right. And by her being able to talk through it, it helped other people that were going through it oh my gosh, see if yeah. there's another side of it that yeah. can get out on the other end of it. That's so, the most amazing thing that exists to it's me. It's a healing thing, man. Yeah. Laughter is good. So uh, it's a gift. If you've got the gift, don't don't be selfish with it. Yeah. Donate some time, you know, as often as you can yeah. to help some causes out, help them raise some money or raise some awareness. Uh, one thing, I'm I'm just going to throw this out now. I wasn't even thinking about talking about this, but next year, one of my goals is to see how, how big our reach can be Okay. Uh, with everybody that listens to this podcast. And I was thinking about doing something where everybody who would want to get involved would shoot me their name. I put all the names in a big jar. Right. All right, maybe there's a more technologically advanced way to do it. I like jar. Okay, a so jar we, works. Yeah, let's do it a jar. We'll videotape it. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll pull a name out of a jar. We can use punch bowl. Punch bowl. <laughs> we'll do it in a tub. Yeah. Get your buggy. Yeah. But uh, let's say we have 100 people that want to participate. Right. Numbers 1 through 100. Now, at some point, this may not work out, but here's here's the idea of it. I would have numbers and names. I pull out a name, say I pull out Gavin Miller. Right. And another bowl, I pull out a number, and it's, it's like number five. Uh-huh. Gavin Miller, your fifth gig of the year, uh-huh. fifth paying gig of the year, you donate 100% of the of income the, from that to I a like fund. That. All right. So we'd have to kind of know how many gigs you're going to do. Maybe we just yeah, 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 keep yeah, it yeah. one through 12 sure. and assume you have to do 12 gigs a year. Yeah. And so it's random to that sense that you're not going to say, I'm going to pick my lowest paying gig right, of the year. Yeah. Don't be stingy. Some people end up taking their <laughs> biggest paycheck of the year and putting this fund. Right. And in advance of doing all this, we'll figure out uh, a charity or, or several yeah. charities to donate to. Yeah, that would work. I like that. So I, it's going to be called ra- Random Comedy something. Acts of Donation. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> we'll find a good acronym so the t-shirt looks cool. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of giving back. And it, it's one of the things when I get asked to do stuff and they're like, we don't have a budget, would you do you know, there's enough time for yeah. me to do those things. And, and, it's a and good it impact. stops you from being, I mean, comedians, I think, are very, like, introspective people and people that tend to be loners a little bit. And they and you can kind of spend all your time, like, focusing inward, 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 inward. And it, it's one of those things that helps you get refocused on life and get it going outward again. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking this. And, and it... Ideally, it would be 100% of the time we can give away our, our yeah. skills or whatever, but I know we got to raise our families. Yeah. And, you know, half the time would be nice, but still I'd it might not be practical. i countertop, so, yeah, i got to fix some. Right. i got to get make some money. But uh, you remember Pareto, the Pareto Principle? The who? The Pareto Principle? Pre- no. What's that? The 80-20 rule? Okay. No? No. Okay, so the Pareto Principle or the 80-20 rule says, and, and I'm saying it loosely, but 20% of your in- incredibly focused effort okay. can generate 80% of your re- results for the day. Oh, okay. All right, so for, while we're recording this in the next, you know, we're spending 90 minutes incredibly focused, but it's, yes, this is going to be are. our biggest production of the day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so when people go into work, if they're incredibly focused in the morning for a couple of hours, they might generate most of their workload. For the whole day. Yeah, yeah. might accomplish okay. most of their stuff. So That's even if true. you just took the 80, like here's other examples. In marriage, <laughs> okay, 80% yeah. of the big decisions at least are made by the wife. Yeah. 20% of any decisions might be made by the man. Yeah. And 100% of the We're time, lucky. the wife is correct. Yeah. All right. So, so that's like an example. So what if, yeah. if we, personally, you had an 80-20 rule for your comedy that 80% of the time I'm going to perform, earn my cash, but 20% of the gigs I take, I'm going to be given back. Oh, yeah. 80% of the time, the crowd is there for me. 20% of the time, I'm there for the crowd. Okay. 
And with that mindset, you can keep yourself from really getting too much into your head yeah. and your own little problems yeah. or big problems. Oh, totally. And that can, and for comedians, that could be a lot of different things because maybe you don't have the gig, but uh, if you know um, a charity organization, you also have the skill of knowing how to write. So go help somebody. You could help write their material, you know, their you flyers. Do you, could help do, you could help do so many things that they really need. So um, that's just some more ideas. Because cool. I started doing a little bit of that stuff, the writing stuff for somebody else. And so I, I was like, all right. Yeah, it feels I like good. That. Yeah. It's oh, a good great. thing. It should yeah. feel good. It does feel good. It keeps me out of the house. Well, you're going to have to get back in the house because it's Valentine's Day <laughs> yeah. weekend. 2015, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I've got to figure out whether I take my wife to the Cracker Barrel or to Shoney's. Well, I got, <laughs> I got ambushed because around the first, my wife said, do you know what day Valentine's Day is on? And I just stared at her eyes and I didn't know I didn't did know you, the did you at least say date. the 14th no you didn't know I, I just it well this stuff, year it's the 14th yeah 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 yeah. I said it you know Val, I don't know I said I'll figure it out I'll google it. it's not today is it and that's what I, and then she said no it's not today <sighs> yeah well you and then the sigh the sigh happened and I was like okay great it, it may be this today awesome. by the time everybody hears this I didn't even miss Valentine's Day and I'm now in trouble for it that's so i'm going to cracker barrel yeah <laughs> who i'm happy to announce is uh thinking about a fast casual concept for their stores are they yeah new stores fast casual kind of like a panera where you can wait get it's in not and get casual out. now it's extremely casual it's just <laughs> okay. not fast yeah that's true that is true i was like wait a minute <laughs> well i hope you guys enjoyed listening today uh yeah. All kinds of ways that comedy is great, and that's why I love it over all the other art forms. I hope you guys enjoy it, too. Don't forget iTunes reviews if you can, and we'd love to give you the insider tip sheet twice a month with some great comedy articles and recaps and other good stuff, as well as the comedy challenge. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.